your heart decide I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view no one to tell us no or where to go or say we're only dreaming. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting the fucking podcast. Anyways, welcome to the No Happiness Podcast, where there are no happy endings, just happy friendings. A podcast where we ask three levels of questions, where we used to ask three levels of questions. We don't do that anymore because, well, things are tough. Um, I'm ready for my three levels of questions. You're ready for your three levels of questions, yeah. Willie? I never got uh, to do it. Anyways, let me back this up real quick. So, obviously, you heard the singing at the start of the episode. That means Willie is on the episode. That's usually what that means. So, we have Willie today. We have Alex. I'm your host, Brian. The thing is, is that we're on location today because we decided to go on a small trip to West Virginia. So, we're out here going on a hike and things like that, things of that nature. But I will say I'm a little bit concerned for the safety of the minorities in our group of friends here. We don't have a huge group. We have four people total. And everybody here has been fairly safe because obviously either they had the vaccine or they had COVID or they have been quarantined for X amount of time. Anyways, now that we got that out of the way, let me just say that we're in West Virginia and basically three houses down from us, there's a house that has Confederate flags for doors on both of their doors and that's a little bit uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And there's also a bunch of Trump flags and a bunch of Confederate flags pretty much everywhere we've gone. And there was a billboard that tells you not to get addicted to meth. We're in a very specific type of town. We ate at a restaurant called Crispy Crunchy Chicken, and they spelled it with K's. It was very uncomfortable, (laughs) but they had good fried chicken. Uh, We didn't realize the K's till after. (laughs) But yeah, that's what's going on. We're we're, we're recording on location, and I think we're going to catch up on a few things and discuss what it's like to get out in nature a little bit, to kind of unwind and disconnect, but also still record a podcast. And Willie's just going to tell you something. I don't know. He's looking at me like he wants to say something. No? No. no I was no. waiting to, for the intro to finish. Yeah, because you're always waiting for the intro to finish. You Basically, it makes me tired. <laughs> Everything's making you tired today. Existence is pain. Yeah. For me, seeks. Yeah. we we'll go on. Go on. Go on. There's nothing else to go on here. No. Well, well I mean, we, we went on this hike, and it was like... Yeah, the hike it, was... It, it took up most of our day, and honestly, it was like everything was at a 45-degree angle. Was, yeah, we literally that, climbed a mountain top that was that was, that was snow capped. It was literally one point six miles of straight uphill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a tough hike. It's not the toughest hike I've ever been on for sure, but it was it was taxing. There was a lot of uphill and there was a lot of snow, and, a lot of freezing. And downhill was way scarier than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. we came at this hill that was like it looked like a stream mm-hmm. from far away, and then when we got close, it was a whole just basically a frozen over snow mountain. And we were, like, slip-sliding all over it. It was really scary. Mm. We almost died. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really good. It's just been nice to kind of get I didn't feel nature. like I was almost going to die at any point. Okay, the majority of the group felt... I, I see. The majority of the group, collectively, felt... I'm just saying, me personally, at no point was I thinking, this is the end, this is it. Because I've thought that before, but on this hike, I was... This is taxing, sure. Well, but what if we busted our ankles? I think it was just taxing. One of us. It just dragged you. It was yeah. just taxing. Just drag us. Yeah. No, seriously. At no point during the hike. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't challenging, because it was challenging. But there, I've been on a hike before where I was thinking to myself, yeah, this is it. This, 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 this might be it, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been just really nice. I mean, the the 
spot we got out here is really remote and it's a super small town so there's not a lot to do and just hang out at the cabin which is they're really nice so far yeah and um just getting back with nature trying to be out like this i think this is collectively our first trip since covid started like i don't think anyone here has really traveled too far mm. um yeah, I think the thing about that, too, is just, I think, for me personally, it was about kind of getting away and just disconnecting from the area and just, you know, letting things that are happening in Northern Virginia happen in Northern Virginia, where it's just taking some time away, space out, you know, let your brain think, let it digest what's going on in your life and go for a nice hike. And we also last night did painting, which was something I haven't, I mean, I personally haven't painted in probably... I want to say 20 plus years. Really? Oh, wow. Since elementary school. Yeah, I can't Holy think of a time crap. I've painted since elementary school. So, me personally, yeah, that was that was a that was an experience I haven't done in a long, long yeah. time. You're missing out. That was the most basic thing we've done in a long time, but it was pretty fun. I've been to a few paint nights before, and some of them have been really fun, and I figure we can try and do, I can try and like makeshift some type of plan here, and um, did from a man, Yaxon, for his 30th birthday with well, two months overdue, but we had like a basic paint night, painted some scenery, went off the rails. Someone drew a boat on top of or under a mountain. That was just to signify that the ocean was underneath it, because Alex didn't buy the correct colors for us, so I couldn't get orange canvas. I had to work with this peach-ish color. Peach, first of all, is like one of the worst shades of orange. I don't even know if it counts as a shade of orange, but it makes me very upset. Second of all, I was ready to make my canvas bright orange and then more subtle orange and then darker orange, but but the color that Alex brought bought was bright red and it wasn't true red. So when I mixed it with yellow, it gave me this ugly shade of orange. But I appreciate the painting. I appreciate the splash. Not to sound like I'm ungrateful, but I had to make do. And because of that, my ocean looked like not water. My boat was pretty good. And then I was like, you know what? I should probably draw mountains with you guys. So we drew the mountains, but that was an afterthought. So with the paint <laughs> that you didn't buy, the brushes you didn't buy, I didn't get the one color. Criticize, criticize, criticize. That was and good. I'm, and I my was, painting turned out good. I had a good teacher. That's yeah. all I got. I had a good teacher. My painting turned too. out pretty good. Yeah, I will say... I just want to point out that Willie got extra sassy with his hand during that, that little rant about oh, yeah. the colors. He, but he, he hoop earrings on for a minute. <laughs> the thing that that's so great about that is I know for a fact that there's somebody who's listening to the podcast because Willie has such a fan base on this podcast that's just saying, uh, get him, Willie. Go. Get him. Get him. Get Alec. Get, get that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. It was a good time. So, yeah. I, I think this weekend, as short as it's felt so far, has, has been productive just to kind of unplug unwind you know i've made it a point me personally to not check my messages and kind of get away from my phone if possible obviously i've checked it for things that we needed to check like a recipe or weather and things of that nature but otherwise i've, I've been away from my phone so it's been good to just kind of hang out and talk and unwind and disconnect yeah i think that's kind of important i think that's a little bit lost for a lot of yeah. people right now it's hard to you know it's hard because that's like the only thing you can do like if you're not technologically savvy right now like, you're really struggling to talk to anyone. Mm. Like, if you don't know their phone number or if you don't, like, talk to them on the regular, you're, like, directly contacting people. And it's so weird when you have, we have, like, so many avenues to talk to other people and you just don't. Like, whoever's not in your inner circle. And then we're in this 
pandemic period where that's like the only means where you can talk to people or contact it's very strange yeah so we talked about we caught people up on our trips is there anything else you guys want to catch the the audience up on okay closet space here is phenomenal i haven't had a closet this nice since i've gone on a florida trip that was like five six years ago when i went with brian's brother to florida and that closet was phenomenal but this closet is exactly the same height as me, which is like 5'5", five, 5'6 five, five, on a good day. I'm sure if I'm laying down, I'm 5'6 at least. Vertically, I'm probably 5'5". Five, five. But regardless, this closet space is my exact height. If I lay down, the top of my head and the bottom of my feet touch the walls. And it's phenomenal. I put out a little bit of bed sheets, and then I put another blanket on top of that. And I've never felt so safe in my life before. Like... This closet was ideal. And then when you close the little doors, there's little handles at the bottom. I don't know if you saw those clips. I don't know what they're for, but I can use them to pull the doors closed. So it's just pitch black. Oh, my So those gosh. of you who aren't following, we have three bedrooms, this multiple closets, and Willie chose to sleep in the closet. Yes. Yeah. And then I migrated to a bigger closet this morning because I didn't realize that this place had even more There's nice two closets, closets in that room? No, no, no. no. He's, switch, he's switching rooms. Yeah, I switched to an. Uh, it's, it's slightly bigger, so it doesn't have like. It's. I think it's like made for like a six for per, six feet person to sleep in. It's made for storage. But regardless, it it's not as secure. It's not as like cozy. I mean, yeah, it's not as cozy, but it will do. But I I haven't had this much fun sleeping in a closet since since the Florida trip. <laughs> five five or so years ago. Yeah. Okay. So now that Willie has given his review of the Airbnb, uh, yeah, the Airbnb in and of itself has, has been very nice, very cozy. I, to be honest with you, I made this joke yesterday, but it's clearly meant for people that came here to fuck, and that's just the truth of it. Because every spot is so comfortable. Everything here is just advertising how cozy it is. There's a label maker for the cabinets, and then it says "wine" like smiley face emoji, winky face, winky face. <laughs> I just think it's super funny that, you know, obviously it's also, like, it's also just very private. So like you yeah. have space, so it is if, very private. If you're gonna be loud, this is <laughs> Whoa, hey, Alex. Whoa, 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 Willie, Willie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I'm hiding in the closet and that stuff is soundproof. I can't hear you guys do anything. <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> I'm safe. The literal closet. Yeah. <laughs> Not the metaphorical closet. I'm literally just sitting in there. Not that there's anything chilling. wrong with that. I'm just saying. I just oh, want to clarify for Willie. For that's but confused. this space does seem very intimate. Like, it's just, it's not really, it's like, has like plenty of space, but it's just very, like a longer house. And, you know, all the bed spots are like kind of nicely themed yep. and, and mm-hmm. a lot of sheets, a lot of blankets. Just very cozy. Like, they want to nice spend bed. time here. Yep. I agree. Also, the flags that lead to the house are Valentine's Day flags. Mm-hmm. So, true. but it is coming up on February, so that kind of makes sense. True. true. We're ending January twenty twenty one. How's that feel? Nenny. Yeah, it's a little bit weird to think about. It's been a crazy month already. Yeah. Twenty twenty one has been weird, but vestigial from twenty twenty. Yes. Anybody else got stuff they want to talk about before we hop into a, a subject today? No. Willie looks like he's going to murder somebody. Alex, no? I got nothing right now. I'm just asleep. I'm sure he'll come. So I had heard about this concept, and this is the concept that you're going to find three loves in your lifetime, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know if it's going to be the whole episode or not, but the idea is that there are three loves in your lifetime, and obviously you're going to date whether or not you date more or less than three women, who knows, or men, whatever the case may be, date more than three people. 
but the first love is the first love of your life, which is the very intense kind of puppy love kind of life love. And that's usually earlier on in your life. And you go through that and you feel it very intensely, but you don't actually understand a lot of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is this is the one people consider the toxic one, but not ne- like I don't know that that's the way it's described. But it usually becomes toxic because you don't know what you want and you don't understand what other people want. So you don't know enough about yourself yet and you don't know enough about the other person, but you have been in love before. So it kind of drives you to try and do something different from what you previously learned, but you don't know enough about things yet or yourself. So it ends up being kind of a messy relationship. It's very intense and it's very informative, but you don't know it until later on in your life. And then the third one is the third love, which is supposed to be your last love. And that concept is, this is the love where you've learned enough about yourself, you've learned enough about what you want, you're ready to be loved, and you're also ready to love, and you're ready to be who you are and comfortable with that, with the person that you're going to spend that time with. Interesting. How do you feel about that concept? Because I heard that. I have qualms. You have qualms? I have qualms. Drop your qualms. Because what if you've already had three people? (laughs) I think you can stick... Everyone, so it's going to be your first love, the most intense love, the one that's like, it's your first everything, because it's mm. new to you, mm-hmm. right? And then everything else goes in the second category, which is more about growth, because you're still trying to figure out who you are, you're trying to figure out who you want to be with, and normally, I guess you could say toxic, or maybe just incompatible would be a better way of saying it, like, a lot of people you mesh well with in certain aspects, but then you find out, like, overall, it's just incompatible. Mm. Like, some parts work really well, and then some parts don't, and then when you guys try to figure out the parts that don't, because you guys don't know how to communicate it, it ends up being toxic, or the way you fight is toxic, or like you guys just can't see eye to eye on it, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes a mess. Or it just started so messy that even though you became better people later on, you just can't fix the mess that started there, essentially. That's, yeah. I guess it's just where what you determine, like, who your loves are, like, because I definitely did more than three people, but, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm not that popular. just... My man had to slide it in there real quick to me. But I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like, it's like, did you not love more than three people, or like, is it more? I think it's not even. I'm not thinking of it as just loves in particular, but it's like more like eras where you like, you have these people and you're trying to work out your, like, I guess your compatibility, yeah, your chemistry, I'd, I'd and all that. I'd probably break it down into eras. Because I can think of like two, like, toxic relationships I had, and they were previous or there after a, like a love that was just like puppy love mm. you know what I mean interesting yeah I don't know I can't say I to say that there were three is interesting I, I don't think I've said I love you to more than three women so that's actually not all that wrong oh me too me too but I don't know that I mean obviously I'm not married so <laughs> But yeah, that means we haven't reached the last one. I do kind of understand the concept. The concept of the second one is the one that's most interesting to me because I think going through a relationship that's not necessarily toxic, but I understand the description of toxic where it's very difficult because you are in a growth period yourself and somebody else is in a growth period and to expect the both of you to grow similarly and together without becoming codependent, right. there's so many there's so many pitfalls there, you know what I mean? Because if you're growing and they're growing and you're growing separately, then there's a challenge. But if you're growing together too much, that's also a challenge because they're not their own person. You're not your own person. Because 
ideally, and I think we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, is that you want to be a complete person. The person you love wants should be, also be a complete person. And then together you just make something brand new. It's not your 250% making 100%. Your 200% making something even more special. Right? Yeah. And that's that's the hard thing, I think, is just, like, because, you know, you, I mean, when I've dated, I've never dated just to, like, date around, honestly. It's been dating to, like, try to find, like, the one, so, you know. Yeah, Alex has been trying to get married since, like, 14. Yeah, so. pretty much. I'm taking a dang. Well, like, yeah, I mean, that's just where I'm coming from. So then, like, when you when you approach it that way, like, I'm very, like, selective with, like, who I try to go out with. But then, like, you know, I've had, like, Debatable. some... <laughs> but, like, honestly, it's, like, sometimes it's, like, um, you know, you're trying to figure out who's the one that you're going to be with, you know? Like, I've been attracted and, like, had multiple crushes on, like, different people I thought were attractive or, like, kind of, like, were in my life. But, like... You know, when I, like, want to ask someone out, like, I'm usually playing for keeps. You know what I mean? That's an interesting concept altogether, asking somebody out. Because I think there's there's times when people describe a story to me and they say that they want to spill their feelings out to somebody that they really like. And they want to tell them that they like them and then they want to ask them out. And I tell them, you know, to be honest, when, when you're going that route, it should never really be a surprise to the other person. Because if you're surprising somebody with that and you're trying to convince them, that's a very uphill battle. When you tell them, it should be a reciprocated feeling and it should be, hey, I like you. And it's like, oh, I also like you. This is great. But if it's, hey, I like you, please go on a date with me. And they're, hmm. <laughs> that, that's, that's a different issue. But that's something you learn, I think, as you get older. Because I think a younger me fell into that pitfall many times. I've, I've climbed up many hills, and I've fallen down those hills on those battles. Well, the simple life isn't for everybody. That's true. It's an uphill grind. <laughs> an uphill grind, but also just not a great way to live, I would say. It was rough. Rough times. No, but I, I like what Brian's saying. Like, it should never really be a surprise. It's okay if you like someone, and then you're like, hey, you want to see if something happens? But you should really never, like, pop a surprise and be like, I like you. And they're like, where is this coming from? I, yeah. Like, I had no idea. But, like, if you ask them to hang out and then over time you develop some kind of rapport and then you're like, yeah, I think I like you. It's not like you're not going to catch them off guard and then at least they'll have time to process this. Yeah. Which is the hope. Yeah. <laughs> the hope. But, but I, I, I like that. But I'm, I'm with Alex. The younger me loves surprises. No, no, no. We're not surprised. I didn't no, love the surprise. I, I just I went surprises. about it. I just went about it terribly. No, no, I love surprises. Because I always thought, like, I would ask someone out, and they'd be like, oh. Like, they noticed me, like. Yeah, they should. Be like, um, like you a, deserve it, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, Alec, you deserve it. Younger you deserves it. You pass someone a surprise, they should be like, man, I'm honored. That's also my I'm favorite glad. part of this podcast, is that I know people are listening, and they're listening to Willie. Or they listen to me sometimes, and they say, yeah. You go get that girl, man. I'm telling a story from, like, 20 years ago. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. You didn't hurt nobody. It was a fun experience. It was a nice surprise. Uh, I didn't hurt anybody, but maybe I got hurt. But at the same time, you grow from those things. That's exactly. that's actually what another thing is, is I think one of the things that was really interesting on this particular trip and the hike that we went on is that we we kind of... I mean, I personally got a little bit more comfortable with the uncertainty of the hike because we didn't actually know where we were for, I would say, 
30, the last 33% of that hike, I would, so more or less. And I just thought to myself, you know, but eventually we're going to get back, so I'm not really concerned. I was a little bit concerned because some people looked a little gassed, but that, that'll happen. I think we could have always taken a break and, you know, we could have moved, we could have forged ahead. That's not really a concern. It was crazy cold. I mean, it was fine. I just, my brain turned off at that point. Yeah. And I think it just looked like I was dead. But That's I why I was trying to say is that I enjoyed that part of it in yeah. the meditation and motion kind of idea where just absorbing what was going on and just kind of thinking what's going on in my brain, which is also why I doubled down on this thought of the third love thing because I had heard it a few days ago and then I was thinking about it more as I was on this hike. And the interesting thing I think about it is that what I wonder is that how many people have met their quote unquote third love and then it didn't work out for a different reason. Or is it that the third love is always the last one? Mm-hmm. Because the con- like when I heard the concept, it's not it's I heard it from directly from that person that that person had heard it from somewhere else. So I'm curious as to if there's the idea that the third love is always your last love. Or is it just that the third love is the person and then things happen or they don't happen? That's so interesting. Because, I mean, I think, like, a lot of people can get fulfilled without, like, a relationship where they just, like, have this person in their lives, mm-hmm. you know. And that, I mean, that's, like, you know, in our society, it's kind of crazy to think, like, you know, you don't go around thinking you're not going to be married or you're not going to find someone. Because, like, we're all, of course, like, raised on Disney movies and romantic movies and we're thinking... We're going to have, like, these great families and, like, all that. But, like, some people, like, have, like, perfectly happy lives and they don't find that they don't marry someone, per se, but, like, they have, like, life partner. Life. Yeah. yeah, life partner. And it's, uh, I mean, that's, like, a scary thing for some people, but other people, they're just, like, they have better things to do with their life. They prioritize other people or, like, they figure out what, like, completes them, you know? Like, they're already 100% mm. or beyond and they didn't... Like, they found their soul, like, partner, like, someone that's, like, in their lives, but not, like, in the romantic, have a family sense, but just someone who's less, like, kind of just in their circle, you know? Wait, could you define the third? Like, let's say that I was with a life partner for, like, 25 years. So, like, at this point, it's been a long enough time where I'm like, this is my third love, right? Yeah. But then everything just dramatically ends, right? And then I'm no longer with this person. She dies? Let's say we, we nah, that's okay. too easy of a plot twist. Yeah. We'll go with, she like finds someone else or she, she just she, doesn't, she's not happy anymore. And she's just not her. happy anymore. Yeah, so then at that point, do I revisit this idea and go, oh, maybe she's the second? Like, then that means these ideas aren't constrained or restricted by time, right? But then you would never really know what the third. Yeah, you would never know you until. You never know until, what your third love is. Until, until you both you, die. Until you die. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> until I, your life was over. I guess. Is the idea of the third love just to figure out what you want? No, this goes back to the hike. This was the circle I was looking for all along, is that Mm. you have to be okay with uncertainty. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Because, I mean, there's no way to confirm it's the third love until you die. No, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. I think, you know, there are people that are ready, obviously, and we, we had a pair of them on the podcast previously. You know, they're ready to spend the rest of their lives together. And as far as they're concerned, they're each other's third love. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a great yeah. concept, right? Yeah. But I think people like Willie and I, for example, we we do think about these things where, well, what if this happens in 60 years or 70 years and sometimes your brain just dies, yeah, plays these troll games. Yeah, because are obviously not, hmm. <laughs> I think, like, time is such a... Time is, time is a finicky concept. Yeah. I can understand, like, I think, I think finding three loves is... 
like I kind of think that's kind of limited to in terms of my thinking and I guess the way I'm taking it is that like I think it's just more like your stages of growth are in three like yeah I it's more so the, the 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 finding love is like more on you than them it's not necessarily the person but like the state that your heart's in like the first day your heart is looking for puppy love in the second yeah, stage. But, but with that concept, like, all of my loves would be in the third stage always because I always think that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them if I'm in a serious relationship with them. And then it doesn't work out, and then I go, oh, I'm, that must have been a stage two then. Yeah, but the, then I wonder if the argument really is more so is that the love that you look for, in, at the love that you're looking for, whatever you're looking for, is actually reflective of you, like Alex right. is saying, right? Mm-hmm. So... Let's say that you're looking for love, and you think, obviously, you're looking for the third, right? But it's your first one, and you get heartbroken. You go through those stages. You go through the puppy love. You go through your first heartbreak, which is always one of the worst, if not the worst, heartbreak that you ever deal with because you've never felt that way before, okay? And I guess in some cases, for some people, their first one is their last one. There's that too, right? We've seen those examples of people who get married. I think the main thing is it's just the second stage and the third stage are so 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 close to each other so that it's hard. To- it's hard to differentiate between the two. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm in a serious relationship with someone and I can, like, I'm not wishing that I'm like I'm in love with them or like mm-hmm. I want something from them. And, like, I'm just like this is. This is I it. could see this. Yeah, I could see this working out. Mm-hmm. And this is it. And then it doesn't work out. And then you know, but people that are in the third stage like actually there they're thinking the exact same thing i am Mm -hmm. this is it yeah i've made it Uh so then you actually don't even know that you're in the second stage until it doesn't work out anymore is basically what i'm saying but you know what's also interesting about that right is that you know alex was saying that necessary like love isn't what necessarily completes some people so for example let's say that i had my third love and it didn't work out because whatever the circumstance may be, we didn't agree on our futures together. But we loved each other, right? And we, we cared about each other. We were comfortable together. We were ourselves. But there was just one thing, this this goal that didn't match. And that didn't work out for that reason. But that was a love that I would consider not toxic in any way. But it wouldn't be considered my first one, right? So it would fall into that third one. It's just not the uh, right time. So are you right? saying you can just bounce back and forth? I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm just like... Well, I mean, I like that idea more. I, I, I'd like to think that the second and third fleets are more fluid than... They like, could be. You know, like, once you get to the third stage, if you can't go back and then, like, something bad happens in 25 years, you're just kind of stuck there. Yeah. I, there's an argument to be made there for sure is that you thought they were your third love and yeah. then 25 years later they cheat on you and you're thinking to yourself, well, fuck. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Or even then, if you have, like, someone that you, like, have a relationship with and you ended things there and then some time passes and then they become, like, the person that you need and you do the same vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, like, sometimes they say, like, you become, like, different people as you grow and so, like, it's almost like a new love right there with the same person. Yeah, there's definitely that possibility, too. I think the other part of that is what's interesting is kind of the being ready for love and being ready to love Mm -hmm. and that those are two very different things and two very important things i think because me personally and i've i've run into this issue before in in different relationships and i would say where i was i was comfortable or i was happy but i couldn't get out of my own way and didn't recognize that at the time and then i'd look back at it and think to myself wow there's no reason for me to have dodged or kind of acted the way that i did or 
when you can reflect like that, I think it becomes really important to, to do so, to kind of go through that growth because you reflect on it and you say, you know, I was mad at her for acting that way, but to be honest, I did play a part in her acting that way. I was partially the cause. Mm-hmm. And then there, you, when you can actually look at the roots at what happened and understand a lot of it, because I think a lot of the times when you break up, you either just blame yourself or you just blame the other person. Those are usually the breakups that I've seen. And then later on, as you reflect on it and you mature on it, you say, okay, I see what I did wrong. I see what they did wrong. And then you kind of learn from both sides and you say, moving forward, I think this is what I'm looking for. Right. And that's, that's, yeah, that's just what I was thinking about that whole thing. I mean, I mean, it goes back to like the, the podcast we had about bad decisions and a lot of them are just like, you know, in retrospect, there's just so much absurdity with like what you're thinking at with a young age and like your expectations of things and your, mm-hmm. especially your expectations of other people who are not like fully of the cells. Like we joke about it, but like I do like am looking for like someone long term and I have been since like essentially high school and I kind of knew what I wanted. Willie like, whispered me too if you didn't hear Yeah, I knew what I wanted at the end, but like I had no idea how to get there and I just, you put like four things on a checklist and I was like, if they have those things, it's good to go and you know, you just fumble through the rest of it but like in like now looking back and you're just like yeah there's no way this would have worked like there was mm-hmm. the, the pieces weren't there like you opened a pizza box and it was just like one topping it's meant like that be a full pizza you know yeah that's this is actually this is actually why i laugh when i say when i see dating profiles or i see memes or i see different social media posts and and it's guys or girls that just say that they want one thing so girls will just say like i just want somebody who's funny and then guys will say, I just want somebody who's who's not crazy or something. Something so broad and silly to me because I remember thinking that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, I just want somebody who loves me as a kid. Yeah. But that's not enough, honestly, right? Because you have to be specific in your brain because that's, I think, that's what I've learned at least. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can obviously give and take on certain things as you learn, but if you're specific then you learn so much more about you and you learn more about what your needs are and what, what you need to be fulfilled and how you can be 100%, right? Because I watched, I saw this this video that came up on my Twitter and it was this streamer and she was talking about how her, her foolproof plan to find the right partner. And I thought it was going to be really fucking stupid, but it was actually really, really good advice because she said you should... Write down a list of the things you want in a partner and be very specific. And you you be very, very specific. And then you try and embody those things the best that you can. Because once you become those things, you'll love yourself and you'll put out the energy to look for the person that would be attracted to those things. And I was like, whoa, that's actually such an interesting idea. Obviously, you don't want to date a clone. Some people do. Some people don't. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But the point I'm trying to make is that being specific about the things that you want and who you're looking for... Mm -hmm. And then embodying those things would put out the energy to attract the right person for you, right? Because when you think about how you find friends, it's because you guys vibe. Whatever that may be, that might mean something for different people. But vibing is a term that people understand in that, hey, we get along and we can spend a lot of time together and we can do this. Or, hey, we go shopping and that's really fun. Whatever it is that you guys do with your friends, that's the kind of connection that I'm talking about. Because... You're willing to do that and find that connection as a friend, but you could probably list very specific things that you love about your friends. 
couldn't you, right? Yeah. But could you list very specific things about what you're looking for in a partner? Hmm. That's and I thought that was such a cool, cool concept. And now I thought about it, and I've thought about the things that I've really appreciated. And so the the previous women that I've dated, and I've thought about them, and I thought about what I'm looking for, and it, that was such a cool revelation for me. That's so great, honestly. When, when I'm hearing that, and then I when I hear things like that, and then I hear about when I think about the things I've done in my relationships, mm-hmm. I've had struggles where like. I, it would be in my mind like I'm doing like a hundred percent right. They're gonna mm-hmm. be fifty, but really I'm doing things and they're not reciprocating like the same things. Like, you know, being conscientious with like timing and coming to things or like mm-hmm. talking to me about your stuff when you're not talking to me about uh, you're not letting me. Talk she's about not my listening, but she's not right. listening to your stuff. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, like you know, it. At, I think that's some of my key of like some of my most frustrating breakups is that. You know, there's such a disconnect between what we're both doing in the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because I usually try, like, and this is me selfishly, just speaking, but, like, I try to put, like, a good foot forward and try to, like, sometimes do the most, which has gotten me in some trouble because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm just doing too much too soon, right? Yeah. But, like, I do have certain expectations, and I try not to, like, let them be red flags or just, like not try to like take points away from someone or not try to expect someone to do the same things as me. But like, I would hope that like there'd be some balance in that, you know, like mm-hmm. I can expect they see me doing something. They might make enough to do that and vice versa. Like I see them doing this or struggling with that and I help them with this or I do that. So, you know, it's like being like actively, like actively participating in each other's relationships instead of just like, thinking you're good from the get-go and then whatever you're doing, just like autopilot yourself in a relationship, you know? The thing I've always, so I've thought about that a lot too because basically that's love languages and the the thing Mm. about that is like, whenever you start feeling an an imbalance, that's something you probably have to like communicate verbally and if they they don't get it, it's Mm. gonna take a lot of work to get there because like for me, I really need words of affirmation. Like Mm. words get through to me. You could do all the actions in the world, and if I'm having like a really bad day, I just become blinded and I don't see them anymore. Like in a normal state, I can look back and be like, oh, you know, this person actually cares about me because they yeah. does this, do this, 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 and this, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm having a really bad day, if you don't use words of affirmation to communicate to me, I'm going to feel like you don't care about me. Yeah. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. everything in the past that you've done for me. It, it mainly just because like, I don't know why, I just know that's how it is. Yeah. I really need, like, for, for you to calm me down when I'm, like, really upset, words are probably the easiest and best way to get through to mm-hmm. me. So I feel like if you're doing actions to show them that you care, but they don't know that's how you want to know right. that you're loved, mm-hmm. then you have to, like, verbally get it across. But then you also have to know that that's going to take a long time to get through to them. Because yeah. if that's not how they naturally speak, it's like learning a whole new language. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. So it's like, that's... I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, I've been frustrated because our love languages have been different. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so much work to really, like, put it into words and, like, an idea that can get to them and make them understand that, like, hey, this is really important to me. And if if you want to make this work, like, you need to be able to vocalize, like, hey, if I'm upset, mm-hmm. we, we you need to communicate like this to me. And then you also have to do the same for them. Like, you have to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Because it's probably the same for them, yeah, right? 100%. If you're speaking different languages, you're just going to cause misunderstanding. So I've thought about that a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You're doing a good job, Willie. 
No, no, it makes me tired. No, you're doing a great you're job. Doing, no, thank <laughs> you. So but tired. this is this is actually the concept that uh, Rosa and Yexen talked about at the end of the last episode yeah. because they talked about communication, and then we kind of dipped our toes into love languages, and maybe we should do a full episode on love languages. But love languages, I think, in in general, are a fascinating concept because. I, I think I too, and it's not just words of affirmation for me. I think there are, there's levels to it where certain ones are just as effective as other yeah. ones, or like ones that are completely ineffective for you. There's things. I, I there's a balance. You find your own balance of whatever your love language is. But a a previous girlfriend of mine, she she knew that I also appreciated words of affirmation, so she would make it a point to slip in compliments or just give me funny nicknames. Like for example, she would call me Mister Dorito. Which I thought was a very funny, very <laughs> cute name, but it was because my triangular shape, because I was trying to get an inch of shape at the time, and my shoulders were pretty wide, and so she would call me Mr. Dorito from time to time, and silly stuff like that. Is it because you're a snack? It's also because, yeah, yeah, Hell yeah. I really appreciated that compliment. Ten out ten Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is though is that to me, I understand what you're saying too, Willie. Is that when you see the thought and thinking behind that, and they understand oh, this is what you need. And it's not even when I need it. It's not I was upset or anything. It was just, oh, this just made my day better. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a pretty good day. Now it's a great day. Stuff like that where you can kind of just get that plus one is so important. It's actually really great. And I know that, again, we could talk about more. And I think we will do an episode on love language. We haven't done that yet as far as I know. But it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we should take a quiz and then get back into it and be like, this is what we got. I mean, all the love languages are effective on me. It's just words of affirmation. I know for sure others. can yeah. calm me down if I'm in like a, a frenzy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's interesting. Sure. <laughs> it's interesting because you find like like what what works for you isn't mm-hmm. necessarily what you always give out, and it also isn't. Oh, always... I know for a fact it's not what I give out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all of them look good on paper, yeah. except like receiving gifts. It's just like. Whew. Oof! Oof. Just disrespect Jackson like that, man. He's a gifts guy, actually. Did you know that? I talked to him about it once. Is he? Yeah. Like, he likes gifts, or is he more of a I, I don't know that it's his number one I think he's language, a great gift but giver. it is a, No, he, he loves gifts. Jackson has always loved really great gifts. As your number one? I don't know if it's his number one. I I, I'm pretty sure it's up there. I'm, I'd be very interested, because I think I've always seen it as very selfish, honestly. You're seen as very selfish? No, no, not me. Yes. But like, no, like, if you're, if very... like, having, like, that's the only That's your way, love language? As your primary love language, like, the only way you can receive love is, but, like... But love languages, there's no primary... Like, okay, there's, there's like, a one that's more effective, but I would never yeah. say, like, one is primary and then none of the other ones actually work. Yeah. Like, if someone cares about you and you receive any love languages, it's always going to feel nice. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, one of the love languages is, like, receiving gifts, right? Yeah, yeah but, you're saying, but you're I'm saying... I'm saying, like, you know, you kind of, like, rank them by, like, how effective they are or, like, how how I much think, you embody those. I think Alex is saying is that he thought that if gifts is your most effective love language, where you're saying it's a little selfish is what uh, he was implying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, okay. Which, I mean, to be honest... It's questionable. I mean, like, someone... I think it's it, a questionable it, concept just because... Words of affirmation, for example, if if that's your primary love language, one would argue that you're a little bit vain, right? Or a little bit arrogant. Because gifts take a lot of thought, too. Like, you, you really have to really think about it. Unless it's, like, some generic gift. And, yeah. maybe and it's not. not to say that, you know, they only, ex- like, expensive gifts because what if they appreciate something that's handmade? Yeah. Because like, that they think about true. the thoughtfulness of it. That's true. I, I, really I think love handmade gifts. I would love to hear if, if anyone listening has responses on this or of the of the different love languages how effective they are oh for sure because yeah, yeah i mean i sure i just you know and that, that one and yeah yeah <laughs> and all those two 
Because just I think that category in particular is just like I've just always seen it as just really negative, and I I think it goes to what you're saying. Like if you think you're selfish, but like any one of those love languages can be taken to an extreme where yeah, it's like I too much. So. so yeah, it's very interesting thought. Yeah, I know for a fact that I've tried to be better about words of affirmation because in the past I've hurt feelings by not being as like vocal or verbal about how I feel or how I want to bring people up. And usually, in a lot of ways, the things that I've done, because when you grow up in an Asian household, I think it becomes natural for your expressive love language to be tasks. Because the only way that your parents accept love from you, as in, in my experience and the experience that I've heard from other, other Asian kids, is that they appreciate when you wash dishes. They don't care that you say, I love you. <laughs> or they do care, but they don't say anything back to you. But when they when they see that you wash dishes, they say good boy or something, and then it's like, oh, I got my words of affirmation. Oh. You know what I mean? So that's how you get the, the things that you're looking for. So then naturally you start to do those things more. And I didn't I didn't know that until I learned more about love language and I thought about it. I was like, oh, you know, I do try and fix small things for people or I do try and do the dishes or I do make sure to throw out the trash for them or things like that. And... But if I want words of affirmation, I should be better at giving those. I should be better. I should learn all of the love languages, essentially, in case I never, I ever need to use any of them for different reasons. Because you need to be able to communicate that to whoever needs whatever that is. I like it. Yeah. Well, Dang. it's about time to wrap up this podcast, though. I know that was a bit of a that, tangent, but third ooh. loves and love languages and we can talk a about whole new world. A whole new world. <laughs> a whole new world. I'll tell you what is a whole new world is this podcast, because I know that at some point an ad played... And that's going to imply that this podcast is making money. It's made roughly 40 cents, guys. So let's not jump on that train. But also, it would go back into the podcast. Better equipment. Yeah, I mean, you could argue. This Anchor recommended that I open this thing that says let people donate to your podcast. And I was, I didn't I didn't think that was a good idea. Nothing. No. No, I don't we're think not we're not out here yeah, the, yeah, for not, the gains. Not, not quite at that level or not quite at that level where we're thinking about killing the podcast or anything like that. But... I will say I appreciate you guys listening to the ads. If they're too much, let me know. I'd like to hear that feedback. You can like, follow, subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, not Apple Podcasts because I still have a beef with them for whatever reason. You can follow the Instagram, instagram.com slash NHE podcast. I post little clips of the videos and then maybe, you know what I actually could go on the Instagram is our paintings. That's relevant. Our paintings. <laughs> yeah. I think our paintings are going to go you on. You guys post about the love languages. Yeah, I think people should definitely they, send, they, uh, in, send in what their love language is, just so we have like a general idea of the Just to understand more yeah, what I think that would be great. So, I'd love to hear. But other to contact languages. us for that, you would use nhepodcast at gmail.com. Or nohappyendingspodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, that was wrong. Nohappyendingspodcast at gmail.com is how you would email us. And then if you want to comment anything on Instagram, Instagram slash nhepodcast. Okay, 